podcast that takes you on a journey through the lens of modern men. Join us as we explore the world, dine on mouth-watering cuisine, sip on fine liquors, and appreciate the art of smoking cigars. All while discussing the unique experience and perspectives of men in today's global environment. Get your passports ready because it's time to set out on thrilling adventures filled with stories, insights, and the pursuit of the extraordinary. Over here, we talk about travel, life, a little bit about relationships, but really about our relationship to the community, our community. Uh, our relationship to the environment and our relationship in the world and how do we get to know those sides is by experience it's about getting out and experiencing so you have your local community which is right around you and then you have other communities on a state level and on a national level and then you have the world communities and so you find out a lot about yourself when you get out and go to other places and see other cultures and how they function every day and meet different people, have conversation, it really opens you up and expands your mind. Even as an American citizen, when I travel to meet another American, we both have something in common that we travel and that we see the world differently through our experiences. And it's great to have those conversations because we all help each other to further our knowledge and understanding and our fun times come on fun times so i'm here to talk about my little blue book and my little blue book has gold letters on the front with the united states uh, seal that's right it's a passport it's the American passport. And what is the significance of an American passport in the world? In the world, the American passport is widely accepted. And there are some countries that may require a visa for us to come in. But for us as Americans, that's uh, that's only about going to the consulate, to said nation's consulate uh applying for a visa you know you go there early enough they'll do your visa same day get it right back to you right like when i was going to brazil years ago uh before the laws had changed and with uh bolsonaro that just left office he when he got in office he changed the law so American citizens didn't have to have a visa. Prior to that, you had to buy visas, $100 for a five-year visa. Okay. And so, uh, but that was easy. But for Brazilians to come here, it's not so easy. Everything is based upon, okay, you can afford the visa process. However, they want to know that you're coming back to Brazil. So normally, your average Brazilian your average middle class to lower class Brazilian cannot just come here with a paid visa, even though they may have a passport. They can't come here because our nation, 
our border laws and so on and so forth and trying to keep numbers regulated, we do not accept anyone from anywhere. And so some of you might ask, okay, we, we're, we're indoctrinated here in America with, you know, America's the best place to live, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and that is true. It is one of the best place in, places in the world to live, especially if you want, you want to, um, you know, enterprise, you know, money and innovation. This society is really open for those things. Do we have our challenges? Yes. Have we been fighting for equality and things of that nature? Yes. Are things where they should be? No. But they're better than they were yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. With that being said, the reason why, there's a few reasons why the American passport and American citizenship is so important in the view of the world, especially with travel. Number one, the United States dollar is still the most traded dollar. 62% of the world currency is the American dollar. And most currencies are dependent on the American dollar. Of course, you have like the British pound, which is a little bit more, so you know, like in value, it is higher. Uh, the euro at times can be higher because, of course, the euro is several of those nations got together and formed one currency called the euro. So, so that helps them thrive in the economy. However, still 62% of the currency in this world is the American dollar. Therefore, the American dollar is strong and most relied upon. That's why our debt is so valuable to the rest of the world because they know we pay our debts and you can depend on that currency being there and not folding. So that's one factor. The second factor is in every country in the world, just about, I can't say 100%, except for maybe a couple of places that the embassy is closed, but there's a United States embassy in every major country in the world, every major company, and so many little countries as well. So those two reasons, we have, we have United States embassies and consulates in every country in the world, just about, and we also have the American dollar. Therefore, most countries are open to American tourism because they want the dollar. So, for example, uh, look at my clicker. I'm going to tell you right now. What is the exchange rate? I'm going to do this right now. The exchange rate. Uh, let's just say in Dominican Republic. We'll just go off of the Dominican Republic. So for every $1, for every $1, it's 54.49 pesos. So you can see how this starts, you know, having an effect. They want American tourism, right? They can sell you... You know, tourism is up. You go there, you patronize. People are selling their products and goods to you that they can handcraft. A lot, of, a lot of places, even in the United States, have people that make their own crafts and sell them at flea markets or on the road or, you know, at a rest stops, so on and so forth. Same thing in other countries, except for they really want the American dollar. Even if 
you know, and what we can buy in their currency, we tend to buy more because we're Americans, right? It's like, oh, this is so cheap. You know, let me get my sister one. Let me get my son one. Let me get my daughter. Let me get my mama one. You know, you start adding like that. Whereas though, in places that's a little more expensive, let's say like uh, French Riviera in Britain, you know, you're like, you know what? I'm buy this one one thing for me and maybe my my significant other, but uh, yeah, forget the kids. <laughs> so. That's just to have a look at it like that. In, in Brazil, the for every $1 is $5 of their real. Hey, ice. Real, hey, ice. People call it different names, but hey, ice or real. So you can see that people actually want our money. They want our tourism. They want our business. And because we tend to go there and because... In certain countries, for example, in Central South America, if you make $50,000 or more, you're more than likely in 5% of that society's, um, you're in the top 5% of that society. As far as generating money, as far as being able, individually making money, right? And so when you go to somewhere like Dominican Republic, you go somewhere like Brazil, you go somewhere like Peru, um, you go somewhere like some of these African African nations, a lot of different places. You tend to find that you can live a little higher uh, for the time that you're there than you could in the United States. Like, for example, an Airbnb in the United States that may cost you $5,000, $4,000 for, let's say $4,000 for a week, somewhere... In California or New York, somewhere uppity, right? They cost you four thousand dollars for the week. In Brazil, I've had a two-floor, four-bedroom, five-bathroom, uh, law, uh, penthouse apartment with the jacuzzi on, with the outdoor, indoor-outdoor space. Jacuzzi outside, bar outside, refrigerator, shower, the whole nine. Uh, every room had a great shower and tile and marble, glass shower, tile, marble, and one bathroom even had a jacuzzi. But all that for $2,000 for a week. And that's $2,000 during the high time. That's not $2,000 during the slow time. So you can see how the difference in money. And so you tend to have a, a a better time. Well, you can have a more high quality time because you can afford it. Like with your, you know, here we're, we're used to paying $200 for a hotel room for one night. Some places 300 for the night. So imagine that you can have this kind of space for a week during a high time for $2,000, 2100 and so that's what I mean. Your money just goes a little further. You can do a little bit more. You can easily do helicopter ride, boats ride, boat rides, um, excursions, so on and so forth because our money is greater. And so for that little blue book, it's so important. And it holds a lot of weight. And normally other countries do not want things happening to their tourists, especially American and British tourists because our money 
is so much more. And and peep this, for every one dollar, it's only worth seventy nine cent in British pound. So you can see the British pound is twenty percent more, twenty cent more than the dollar. And so those currencies, those passports, those people tend to have and tend to hold higher value as tourists, higher, higher, higher value as people that other countries want to sell to. It's why China loves selling us so many goods. Like we're, we're a consumer-based economy. All we do is consume. We really don't produce as much as we used to. But our thing is consumption. China makes cheap stuff, sells to us, and what do we want? We want a lot of stuff for cheap because we're obsessed with things in America, which that's a whole other conversation. But everybody knows we're consumed with things. For example, when you go to other countries, they do not have the big vehicles that we have. I drive a four-door uh, Toyota Tundra, and I think my, my, my bed is about five feet. So it's a big truck. It's a big truck. You'll never see a truck like that really in Brazil. Most of the cars are hatchbacks, smaller cars, you know, so on and so forth. So societies are different. You know, in Brazil, you don't really see car commercials. Matter of fact, when I was in Colombia, I didn't see car commercials on TV. You don't see a lot of car commercials because they know the general society can't really afford cars in a way of just being spoiled to have cars like your, your dad may have a car your family may have a car but your son and daughter and your wife don't all have their own car but america a family of four there's at least two cars even if one of the parents is sharing their car with their kids when they get old enough to drive there's normally a family of four you may have two cars more than likely you have two cars that's kind of the american standard but that's not the standard all over the world. In, in a lot of places of the world, four-person household, they're all catching a bus or walking. And there's different ramifications for that too. You know, those, ten, those people tend to stay a little more fit than we do because of not relying on technology like cars and things of that nature. So they got to get up and go get it. You know, I was seeing that uh, in one place in Africa, there's one young lady says she walks about a mile every day just to get water and then bring it back to the house so she can get her day started and cooking for her family. So just imagine that, having to walk a mile to get water to bring back to cook and get your day started. That's an everyday regimen. So you figure, you know, a person like that physically is much more healthier, stronger, let me say, more fit uh, than your average person walking around America that's getting on a car, eating donuts, you know, stopping on getting breakfast sandwiches and so on and so forth, cramming your face with donuts and sweet sugary drinks. You know, some people in the world do not have that luxury. And last but not least, uh, this is some years ago, but I'm sure that this has not changed much. Most of the world, matter of fact, over half the world's population lives off of $3 a day. For the price of what? 
most people that go to Starbucks and spend on one cup of coffee every day is more than some people are using to live off a day. Just think about that. And so these are things that are more apparent when you travel and you come across different situations, different people, you have different experiences, different conversations that round your bases that, you know, widen your perspective on life. And it's a very beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful thing. But I would love to hear your experiences with travel. What do you think? Did you ever think about it that way? Did you just think travel just to travel? You never thought about if you're a United States citizen, you know, the ramifications of that, you know, how you're looked at, how you're treated. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, too, as we go with the podcast, you know, as far as your treatment and, uh, you know, people saying, hey, man, Colombia is dangerous, example. And uh, I'm like, okay, but I have a friend that traveled that traveled to Colombia multiple times, like 40 or 50 times. And he connected me with a tour guide. And so when I went to Colombia, it was a great experience. We went up in the favela, which is one of the slums, but it's a very um, popular uh, favela. And they have cable cars that goes up there. So we took the cable cars into the favelas. We walked around. People were selling their art. It was really cool. And it's really a tourist attraction. So it's not dangerous. You know, I never felt in danger at no point in my time in Colombia. And we were in a lot of different places in Colombia. But I never felt in danger, endangered at all. Uh, my guy was great. He speaks English as well. He spent at least 10 years here in America. And he has a beautiful family. We had a great time. We went to so many different places. And I will show all you guys that in videos to come of the different places I've been. Uh, of course, Brazil, which is second home to me. I have family and friends there. Colombia, where I have a friend there. My guide has become a good friend to me. Uh, Dominican Republic, which I'm just starting to go to Dominican Republic. And we'll talk about that later, too. But... Uh, I've been to Dubai, I've been to a lot of different places, Canada, multiple times. And so, there's a lot to talk about experience, and I would love to hear yours. Maybe you have a place that you, you've gone to that I haven't been that you can tell me about. I would love to get to, uh, you know, Europe. Portugal has always been on my list. Prague, you know, Morocco, all over there. So, you know, life is good. It's a long run. It's a long race. It's a marathon. And uh, I'm running it. And I have things on my agenda that I want to hit before this marathon is over. And it has been a complete um, pleasure. Pleasure to have put that little blue book in my hand and open up my world. And last note. Uh... I have traveled outside this country since I was about five years old with my grandparents to Canada. First time in Canada. I really don't remember the trip that much. I do remember going to Niagara Falls. But that starts the the, the opening of your mindset to know that whatever is in front of you is not all that life has to offer. There's a lot more out there if you're willing to go get it. So that was the first time. And then... Uh, I traveled, of course, inter- intercontinentally, 
with my grandparents because that was load up the car, let's travel all the way over to Albuquerque, New Mexico, through Texas, you know, through the Midwest, all up and down the East Coast. Uh, you know, of course, um, as an adult, been out to Miami and, and California, Arizona, all these different places, and I have family in these places too. So I've been all over Chicago. There's some states, I haven't been to all 50 states, but I've been to a lot of the states, you know, and I've been to a lot of states here in the U.S. And uh, and we're going to talk about a lot of that. We're going to talk about intercontinental, intercontinental travel. We're going to talk about international travel, do's, don'ts, how to pack. That's right, how to pack. I've learned guys don't know how to pack. How to pack, why it's important to pack, how to be prepared, a lot of different things. That's what... What's up, Mom? Hey, babe. Um, this thing told me it wants to update my... This, the software on the phone. Yeah, let it update. Is up, that okay? Yeah, yeah, let it update. Let it update? Yes. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Right. And so, that's it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the internet, the intercontinental travel, uh, and the things that you should and shouldn't do. Let's discuss it all. That's what this channel is about. Uh, it's about uh, the conversation about travel, your experiences, and if you want to go on tour with your boy, just let me know. If you plan to travel and you want to go to Central or South America, uh, you know, you can always inbox me. If you don't know anyone there, if you've always wanted to go to Colombia, any part of Colombia, and you've just been reluctant because you hear so much uh, bad information about it, let me know. I have a guide. He's great. If you want to go one person, 12 people, doesn't matter. He can accommodate you if you want to go to Brazil. Not a problem. I have people that can take care of you. And if you want to go with your boy, we can talk about that too. Let's get these experiences up. Until next time. Thank you for listening to our experiences and insights. Please like, share, subscribe to this channel. And if you would like to participate with us on a trip or to just gather information on guides and other resources that we use, please email me at sirinq.biz at gmail.com or private message auaccess on Instagram and Facebook. And always remember to keep your stress low and your passports high. Thank you.